Real treat this week in the cabin, folks, as we have a great guest uh, joining us, one of my favorite comics, actors, and just human beings on the planet, the one and only original outlaw of comedy himself, Mr. Jimmy Schubert, joins us. We'll do Idiot of the Day with Jimmy. We'll talk about some of his movies and comedy. We'll also play a gig we play with all that uh, stand-up comics that uh, join us in the cabin, and that's Best Gig, Worst Gig. And man, does he have some doozies. We'll talk to him about that. Plus, reasons we call ourselves a moron. Things we're too ashamed we admit we like. Plus, your nerd news. Foodie Roundup. And why I hate fucking kale. All this week on the podcast. Live from Crapper Creek, Alaska. The podcast. Joining us once again, uh, just one of my favorite peeps in the world. Great comic, good friend, uh, good friend of the show. Gentleman who's been up here numerous uh, times. It's been a little while and we got him back. The one and only Jimmy Schubert. Good morning, sir. Uh, you know what's interesting? I was like, been coming up here for like 20 years. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, like. In this a, is like, what, your fourth? I want to say four or five. Yeah, five. But Because, you know, it's like you, you guys would do this seasonally over. I remember I did the Golden Days Festival. Right, you, guys you came have, up in the summer once. Yeah, right, yeah, which was, which was like a typically much different than being up here in the winter, but it was great. Still, nonetheless, I mean, I love coming up here because this is like the last, it seems like the last of the kind of, it's like almost like going back in time, but in a good way. Yeah. You know what I mean? We get the, all the good stuff without a lot of the bad. We still have it, but it's not as uh, mad. The madness isn't as bad. Not up here than it is in the lower 48s. Right, right. Right. It's 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 insane, but uh, you know it's I, I want to do my my new album I'm working on. It's called Walking Through a Minefield with Clown Shoes because uh, you just never know. You're gonna no, you sense, don't. To set something off and no, like, you the things don't. that like I'm being told what I can talk about, what you can't talk about. You know, worry about getting canceled these days. And it's it's difficult now, especially I think in your well my line as well being on the radio every day. It's just it could happen like this. Boom. Oh no, we didn't like that. Well, no, it's not going to happen because it's like first off, it's like uh, you know people like. I think it's they're over like, it, maybe. Yeah, because well, you know, we're talking about like a, like a thirty-five year career of not pissing anybody off or doing any. Like you can't Google me. I mean, there's nothing. I've done nothing but enjoy my life and, and be a good comic. And that's right. I mean, there's no. You don't have anything that can. Well, you know, he did this thing about. Uh, you know, uh, one time he had right, a midget and a poodle with him. And, yeah, uh, right. So yeah, you can't. And he, uh, they were shaving his back. And, <laughs> you know, some kind of weird thing. That was all misunderstanding. That's I'm, all that was. I was in the theater with uh, Pee Wee. Herman, and I said, we throw, third row, quit throwing ice cream. I mean, there's none of that stuff. There's none of, there's none of that stuff about no. me either. So it's like all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I'm a bad guy. Anyway, yeah. Right. But I just love what I do, and I love coming up here. I love traveling. I'm glad we're back to some kind of normalcy. I will say this: it's interesting because, like, you know, lately when you do stand-up comedy. It just seems like people appreciate it a little bit more now, just because of, of the last two years of people been in lockdown yeah. and not be able to socialize. They really, they need it. Well, you it, feel it, like it, how much you miss it. I mean, we're social creatures. We love being out and laughing and having a good laughing, time. Laughing, there's just nothing that beats it, and it's it's a stress reliever. It's a it's just a chance to escape from everything I've else. I've had people come up people. and grab my arm, like just grab me, and go, "Thank you so much. I needed that so much. Like they yeah. needed to laugh. It's cathartic." It's I had least. a couple calls on the show today from your shows this week already. Wow, saying the same thing. Wow, saying the great. same well, thing. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm yeah. glad. I'm able to. You know, I'm essential. Yep. I am essential. Essential worker, Jimmy Schubert, comedian, <laughs> actor. We we're talking about all these movies, of course. Now. You're also, I saw the um, the special on the uh, on the comedy store, and you're you're smattered throughout.
about that as well, are you? Yeah, not? yeah. Well, you That's know, it's a great. Uh, it was. It's a really great feature, and it's one of my favorite places. I always went. Uh, I knew Mitzi. Uh, I got to. I got to actually open for Polly's old man. Yeah. Once. So he was a character, and uh, uh, Sammy Shore. Sammy. So I yeah. Got to well, open he, you know, it's Sammy. so funny. When I remember when I was a kid coming to L.A., I read Sammy Shore had a book out called The Warm Up, and he talks about where he used to open for Elvis. Yeah. And Sammy in fact, Shore, on the new movie, they yeah. show his name on the marquee. As a yeah, matter of fact. Yeah, and it's it's amazing. Uh, like, you know, that history and how that place comedy store came to being and Mitzi's legendary and like Letterman and Howie Mandel and Sam Kinison and Robin Williams. I mean, like yourself. Who, now, you like, lived there for a bit. Yeah. Well, I was uh, we had the, the place behind the comedy store was called Crest Hill. What they say, Jimmy Shaw was roommates with Andrew Dice Clay in this one. I was I wasn't roommates with him, but we all stayed in this house. And these guys are like, I mean, you know, it was called Crest Hill. So if the comedy store was the college, then Crest Hill was the frat house that it went with. The so college. Who, who was? in the frat house with you. Well, me and Marin, me and Mark Marin for sure. Me and Mark Marin go back way back. I mean, I got to the beginning. Right. You know, and, uh, you know, Mark has uh, put me in his one-man show and he, he mentions me in his book. You know, the, when he was losing his mind, clearly I was the only guy who grabbed him and said, hey, get, get your head out of your head. Yeah. Yes, and you know, get your no one's Mark. You're just you're partying too much, and and it and it happens. You know, that was definitely. I'm lucky, man. Thank God, I didn't. Uh, you know, I was able to go through that little. I mean, it was nuts. I'm but like, there was. But I'm the, gonna write a book about it one day because believe me, it is. It was absolute mayhem. I but mean, you were also there through the highs and lows of stand up comedy because yeah. it, it. You know, it would have its down years, and then it would be a resurgence. Yeah, in the, then in the, the 90s, down years. Well, the, the 90s, it was like you know, the comedy store at one point was like it was just a pitiful. It was like nobody was. Going there, and then the podcast started happening, and people started talking about the comedy store and the history of the comedy store. And now, as I was there, I was there last Saturday night. It was packed. It's like a nice resurgence, and then of course you got the Laugh Factory right up the street as well, yeah. which kind of started and the to improv, take over for and the a while. Improv, and the improv, and the improv, it's all improv like a like a seven hour lift ride with each other. And so, right. so uh, yeah, man. And I was I've been there for like back in the eighties, dude. In the early like mid to late eighties, it was. Who it was something it was crazy. Oh, I can imagine. You know, I you know as I tell people it's like, you know, when I go back out to L.A. now, it seems like um, it's not what it is. I mean, the homeless problem. I've never seen it this bad. Right. Like I mean, that's part of the reason why I moved. I mean, like thirty people living underneath the bridge, like two blocks from my house. I don't want to see that every day. I don't. I just can't. It just breaks my heart. You know. Right. And uh, it seems like it's gotten so bad now. There's no solution to it. I mean, either they're well, they just keep making is, it easier in California and easier for them to be that way. And yeah. there's there's well, nobody really helping. Helping pick them up and get them right. It's right. just finding the, the, ways the, to like, keep hey, them there. Like, hey, you want to live on the street? Here's a shower unit and a bathroom. You can just do, do you're on your own. I mean, it's kind of a really, uh, kind of a crass way to treat people. I mean, obviously, it's a lot of mental illness. That's obviously, the number one thing is got to treat the mental illness. And that's. Well, you know, these people are falling through the cracks of society. It's like, but it's not only them. I mean, there's people who can afford medicine that aren't on the street. And if they didn't have their medicine, they would be on the street. Right. You know, I mean, so it's like, you know, the, I mean, look at the how many people want prescription medications. Oh, my I mean, goodness. that in itself is a problem because what's, I mean, do I've been doing this like. Like, really, just slowly, just swimming away from all this stuff. I don't even watch TV anymore. Nope. I don't even watch the news. No. Nope. Because it's, uh, why do you think they call it programming? You're watching it. It's like, seriously social conditioning, like class A social conditioning. I don't pay attention anyway. I haven't watched the news in a long time. Neither have I. I and don't so do it. I don't I, read I, I the paper. I find myself to be much happier. Like, I listen to oh, music now. There I read books. Comedy. Go, it's all about comedy. Yeah, but you know. And that's uh, Jimmy Schubert. From the uh, farthest North Rock station in the world. It's the Crapper Creek Podcast. All right, now, 
I try to eat smart. I do. I don't eat a lot of fast food. Very little. Uh, I don't like candy. I don't drink soda. I try to do my best, but there's certain things I know I'm supposed to eat that I just can't do. Uh, I have a hard time with like Brussels sprouts and cauliflower. You know why? Because they taste like they smell and they smell like crap and I just can't do it. I can't do it. I've tried to, oh, put bacon on it. Bacon makes everything delicious. Mm, Does it? Uh, I've tried it all. The other one is kale. Now I can have kale in small amounts in a salad. That's about it. But some people, you know, the big kale thing. Well, here's one for you. Researchers say that even fetuses, that's right, unborn human beings don't like kale. They did a test and they gave them small pills, gave them all small pills in the third trimester, uh, with one with carrot powder, one with kale capsules. And 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 they used the new 4D ultrasound where you can actually see the baby's face everything. And they smiled with the carrots and they made a horrible face with the kale. So even the unborn hate kale. Everybody hates kale. But now they're saying, well, but if you feed it to them, it'll be interesting when they're born to see if maybe they grow up and they like kale. Right? So, I don't know. Just don't play any polka music when they're in the third trimester. You don't want to listen to that around the house, right? But I don't blame them. I hate kale. I hate kale almost as much as tongue cuts. Or that uh, shopping cart with the real wonky wheel with a middle seat on a plane next to some guy with a companion ferret. That's how much I hate kale. I hate kale as much as I hate guys who still say, that's so money. Or armpit stains that ruin an otherwise awesome t-shirt. Or that leftover screw you get from assembling like an Ikea project. That's how much I hate kale. Or couples who don't comply with the kiss cam. Stop it and kiss already. Getting stuck behind a student driver or worse, behind a Subaru coming out of Goldstream Valley, driving half the speed limit in the left lane. Or stepping in gum barefoot. That's how much I hate kale. You know how much I hate kale? I hate kale almost as, almost as much as I hate Joe Buck. That should tell you something right there. It's time for some nerd news. Let's talk science. Here's your nerd news for this week. As you know, last week we hit an asteroid with a satellite on Monday to see if we could change its orbit. And we did. The whole thing was streamed live. NASA also released new photos of it yesterday taken by Hubble and the James Webb Telescope. In canine news, a study found your dog can indeed tell when you are stressed out. Even without seeing or hearing you, they can smell stress in people. Yes, that's good. In climate news, oh, hey, you know all that CO2 we're pumping out? Guess what? It's making trees grow bigger. Wow. See? There you go. You're welcome, Mother Nature. In tech news, the AIM image generator, Dolly, no longer has a waiting list, so anyone can use it now. And Meta unveiled a similar program that does the same thing. But with videos, it's called Make a Video, but it does have uh, a bit of a waiting list if you want to use it for whatever reason. We got robot news. In robot news, Amazon is still trying to roll out its robot assistant named Astro. Roll Ray Rorge. It allows you, uh, it follows you around like a dog and it does tasks and keeps an eye out for burglars. 
It'll eventually cost around $1,500, but you can't buy it yet. I don't know. Is it a robot that actually follows? Is it a dog? Is it small? Does it hover in the air? Is it like the great gazoo? What is it? Speaking of robots, a two-legged robot broke a record by running the 100-meter dash in under 25 seconds. Still not fast enough to beat Usain Bolt's record of 9.58 seconds, though. Take that, robot. And the robot's steroid-free, as far as I know. But we're getting closer and closer to one day having robots kill us all. That is your nerd news. This is all weird news. I just got some really weird news. That is weird. It's time for the Crapper Creek World News Report. And time for your headlines this morning uh, from a week in the news. Let's take a look. Sources say Jimmy Carter celebrated his 98th birthday with friends, family, and some baseball on TV. And a pack of vultures that were just circling overhead. Another study says sleeping with your phone is bad for your health. But if you insist on sleeping with your phone, at least clean out the port every once in a while. That's nasty, dude. That's just disgusting. Did you know 1,700 environmental activists have been murdered in the last decade? On the bright side, the remains were composted. So I guess that's kind of what they wanted. Parents spend 1,300 hours playing with their kids in their first five years. But isn't it worth it when they grow up to get high in your basement? Elon Musk finally committing to buying Twitter. Oh, so now he's ready to commit, said the last four women he impregnated. (laughs) McDonald's rolling out adult Happy Meals. Uh, you know, they they want parents and children to bond over the joys of obesity, I guess. Of course, they're basically like the children's version, except the toy comes with a packet of lube. Scientists say taking 7,000 steps a day reduces mortality by up to 70%. Of course, the average American responded, Oh, what about per year? Can we average that out? California is going to ban natural gas heaters by 2030. Sure, why do they need them? I mean... You already banned gas-powered cars and new power plants and somehow think everything will magically run on solar. It won't. Yeah. It's part of their plan to get rid of everything toxic to Earth, except Californians. And finally, Queen Elizabeth's official cause of death has been released. And as you probably guessed, yep. She died of a massive overdose while snorting a giant man of cocaine off a hooker's ass. I knew it. This has been the Crapper Creek World News Report. From the farthest North Rock station in the world, it's the Crapper Creek Podcast. Got my buddy Jerry Evans in here and our good buddy, comedian, actor, and friend of the show, Mr. Jimmy Schubert. We've got a little game to play. Uh, Idiot of the day. I've got a couple of them here and you just have to pick the one that's uh, most perfect for it. So 
So uh, here we go. We're, okay. we're, we'll do this one first. Here's our first idiot of the day. And I could almost just read the headline. Um, 59-year-old guy Doug Levy from Bay City, Michigan, bought some potatoes last month to cook with his wife and their six-year-old daughter. But when he started making them for dinner one night, his 51-year-old wife, Bobby, told him she didn't want potatoes. And she really meant it. Uh, she got upset and grabbed a burrito out of the freezer and threw it at him. Hit him in the head with the frozen burrito. Started chasing him around with a pair of scissors. So a woman attacks her husband with frozen burrito for cooking potatoes for dinner. That's the headline uh, for the. <laughs> so there's two idiots. We got to pick which. And that's the one of them. Idiot. So a woman attacks her husband with a frozen burrito for cooking uh, potatoes. The next idiot of the day is this woman, and uh, people in New Jersey can sleep a little soundly tonight, knowing that the cops have finally closed the books on a major case that's threatened to tear apart the very fabric of society, oh specifically. Why was a completely sane middle-aged woman throwing poop out of her window? That, that's, that's, that's what she was doing. The cops in Pennsville, New Jersey, got a call about a 45-year-old woman named Tina Gertain throwing trash, urine, and feces out her window. When they got there, uh, she gave them a very logical explanation. Uh, she's lazy. Tina lives in the attic of the house, and the bathroom is down one floor, so God forbid she'd oh, have dear. to go there. So when she didn't feel like making that long journey down the stairs, she'd just do her business in the attic and toss it out the window. Isn't that, isn't that, what, the, isn't that what the laundry chute is for? <laughs> From one chute to another. <laughs> well, I don't know if you guys know this or saw this video, but there's a video on the internet. <clears throat> All you have to type into Google, people can go Google it, but it's a woman who uh, uh, poops in a coffee shop in Canada at Timmy Hortons. Apparently, this woman was inside the coffee shop. And surveillance footage. You really can't hear what they're saying, but you can obviously, I filled in the blanks. And I, right, I, I think take. I get the visual she already. There. She was in there. She wanted to get the keys to the restroom. Guy would not give her the keys to the restroom. She goes, I was just in here. She's dressed very nice, clearly not a homeless person. She has yoga pants on. She's wearing a nice little zip up. Right. And during the, she unzips her top and she puts it on the table. She goes, no, I was already in here. I used your product and now I have to use your restroom because your product is running through me and uh, would not give her the keys. Oh. She gently moved over and starts grabbing a pile of um, tissues okay. and then she pulls down her yoga pants and uh, she goes right there goes right there and I gotta be honest with you look I've been mad at people I've never been I'm gonna drop a deuce on your floor mad at you, you know what that's I mean? a different type of anger yeah a different it's another type level of, and, 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 and if that's all she did she just stopped there and, but she didn't she turned around she picked it up and she threw it at him okay wow. uh, yeah, See, there, there goes the A ready now you right. watch that the first time and you go that's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen but after the 15th time you watch <laughs> you go this it's hilarious this woman could be my she all could right. be my new hero I, this woman I, I so think it's it, getting through the first 14 that would be difficult for so me but since you saw the video would you describe it as like a vente or a grande <laughs> Ooh, that's a good question. More, more like a more like a vente. Okay, okay all, all right, right. Yeah. that's pretty good, pretty good. All right, so which one would you go with the uh, the, um, uh, the lady that was just too lazy and threw a poop out the window all the time, or do we go with the uh, lady that uh, s tried stabbing uh, her husband with scissors yeah, and hitting him with, with a burrito? I'm going with the poop lady. I, I How do you not go with just poop? Absolutely. Is funny. First off, it's uh, ridiculously lazy. Right. I, I mean, you know, I, I mean, why even? Why even throw it? Why not just? Why not just go in your pants and just lay there in a pile of it? I mean, it's kind of disgusting. That, that I mean, that that would just that's just, just one flight of stairs. You can't one flight yeah. of stairs. All right, hey, there bro, we go. let me tell you something. I've been that, that, I've had a flight of, uh, between me when you really gotta go. That's nothing. 
You can, you can, you can, when you really got to go, you'll make that flight in no time. <laughs> oh, yeah. When you've got to, when you've got to do it, yeah, you got to do it. And who amongst us hasn't attacked their spouse with a frozen burrito? I mean, let's be honest. Let's be straight up, really. Or the scissors. Yeah, that goes. Uh, that is uh, Jimmy Schubert. He's on stage tonight, buddy. We're going to talk more with him, of course, as well. I try to eat smart. I do. I don't eat a lot of fast food. Very little. Uh, I don't like candy. I don't drink soda. I try to do my best, but there's certain things I know I'm supposed to eat that I just can't do. Uh, I have a hard time with like Brussels sprouts and cauliflower. You know why? Because they taste like they smell and they smell like crap and I just can't do it. I can't do it. I've tried so... Oh, put bacon on it. Bacon makes everything delicious. Mm, does it? Uh, I've tried it all. The other one is kale. Now, I can have kale in small amounts in a salad. That's about it. But some people, you know, the big kale thing. Well, here's one for you. Researchers say that even fetuses, that's right, unborn human beings don't like kale. They did a test and they gave them a, a small pills, gave them all small pills in the third trimester. Uh, with uh, one with carrot powder, one with kale capsules, and the and the and they used the new 4D ultrasound where you can actually see the baby's face, everything, and they smiled with the carrots, and they made a horrible face with the kale. <laughs> so even the unborn hate kale. Everybody hates kale, but now they're saying, well, but if you feed it to them in the and the, it'll be interesting when they're born to see if maybe they grow up and they like kale, right? So I don't know, just. Don't play any polka music when they're in the third trimester. You don't want to listen to that around the house, right? But I don't blame them. I hate kale. I hate kale almost as much as tongue cuts or that uh, shopping cart with the real wonky wheel with a middle seat on a plane next to some guy with a companion ferret. That's how much I hate kale. I hate kale as much as I hate guys who still say that's so money or armpit stains that ruin an otherwise awesome t-shirt or that leftover screw you get from assembling like an Ikea project. That's how much I hate kale or couples who don't comply with the kiss cam. Stop it and kiss already. Getting stuck behind a student driver or worse behind a Subaru coming out of Goldstream Valley driving half the speed limit in the left lane. Or stepping in gum barefoot. That's how much I hate kale. You know how much I hate kale? I hate kale almost as almost as much as I hate Joe Buck. That should tell you something right there. It's time to play best gig, worst gig, and the only uh, we always ask uh, our comic buddies to play this game. And the only criteria that we ask is uh, that uh, shows here can't be either. So that takes that off the pay, off the plate for what, you. The shows like uh, if the best gig or worst gig can't be any of them from Alaska. They're okay. all great gigs, but no, yeah, just in case. So it's got to be somewhere else. Just you know. Yeah, yeah, I know. I got you. I got you. So you uh, start with the the either one. Your best gig or your worst gig. Start with your best gig you ever had. All right, the best gig. I ever had. Let's, like you know, it's a, it's a toss up between two, and I'll let people decide. I, you know, I, I mean, obviously, I have family from Ireland. I get invited to do a, a an Irish, uh, there's an Irish comedy festival that takes place over in Ireland, at the people. And nice. So I, I, I tell, I tell my brothers, I go, no, I'm going to go. We're coming. We're coming. Before you know it, I have two friends my, that I grew up with coming. Two of my brothers come. My uncle Joe's coming to meet me in Ireland. Oh, so and you then, all go over there to Ireland? Then, yeah, and then my mom and dad 
flew in with my aunt and my uncle. My aunt just passed away, my aunt Eileen. And uh, so they flew in. They drove across Ireland, and they met up with us. Oh, my and then goodness. My, and then my whole family got to see me perform at this theater in Ireland, uh, which was back around since the late 1800s. and had a lot, tremendous amount of soul cooties, you can only oh imagine. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And uh, so my pops got to see me. Uh, I got to put a couple rounds of golf in with my brothers in Ireland. Oh, my and, goodness. And then, and, and then that night, I got this, my dad got to watch me perform at this like theater, uh, the Olympia Theater on Dane Street in downtown uh, Dublin. And it was like one of these, like, just old, loud, just like 1800s. You could tell people were like, Moss it was just, all over just, it and the whole just, thing, uh, right? beautiful. And so, uh, and wound up, you know, having a great set and just crushing because I did a couple sets before I did my theater show. Right. So I'd figured it out. So I just went up there and just crushed. And I was working with Don Myrera. I was oh. working with, um, uh, the guy who talks like this, Emo Phillips and Mike Bergler. Oh, Bigler. I've had so Emo was, on the yeah, show with us. Yeah, yeah so, uh, so it was like, it was just a great little, it was a great thing. Uh, you know, and also, uh, you know, it's so funny. Cause now you, there's a million. But the other the other uh, great gig was like, where I was just would be like the last, I went to uh, India with Russell Peters. Uh, before the pandemic, Russell flies me, and you know we became friendly during. I, I you know, became friendly during the filming of Last Comic Standing when he was a judge on that season. And Russell was always a fan of mine, and and I got to know Russell great. And so, an opportunity to say, James, when are we working together? And I go, I don't know. He hey, you want to come to? He had me open for him in Vegas, like, and then in October we went and we did like six tours in India. In like, India, yeah. now do they get it all in India? That's amazing. What you have to realize is they're they're not comedy fans because people don't realize you know stand up comedy uniquely American art form. It's like jazz. Like here, we kind of like invented it. Like, you know, right. I mean, they, don't get me wrong. They have like, you know, people could say it's the second oldest profession. You know, you got the Corchester. Right. Bring on the girls and then the Corchester, you know. But, uh, but you know, the way we do it, it's, but so Russell has cultivated, uh, the, first off, I think the Russell Peters fans more than they are comedy fans because here's a guy that looks like us who's very successful but also Russell has cultivated and he's a brilliant thing at what he does. His show is like he's got a room full of 6,000 people and he's got these cameras and so he's doing crowd work and they're blasting it on these big monitors and so he takes a 6,000 seat room and he makes it in. It was 6,000 people. It makes people. it intimate. So I fly first class, boom, out of Miami to Istanbul, Istanbul. We went to uh, uh, India and then over to Penne. First class the whole way. I got to, you know, and, and then, yeah, I got it. We were opening for Russell and killing in front of these crowds because I kind of opened my act up. I made it a little broader. Well, yeah, you'd have so, to, I guess, so they sure. had accessibility to it and, you know, obviously things like they don't eat uh, tamarind. They don't eat they don't eat red meat over there. Right. Most of the, co- the population is vegetarian. So you could, uh, so it's, it's the little things you have to know before you're going in. And so, and then for like the next 11 days, we toured, flew first class, did, uh, you know, these different places over there. I got to taste the food, share the culture. It was phenomenal. So and, your best uh, shows were in Ireland and India. <laughs> well, you said best gigs. Yeah, best, best gigs. gigs. Best, best gigs. Best, best. Those are good gigs. You've had great shows everywhere, but those are yeah, quality I, gigs. And believe me, I they can not be matched or equaled. And, I can, and I, I can tell you, I mean, I've, I've been talking like, you know, opening for Sam Kinison and doing like, sure. you know, you know, I opened for Sam at the Spectrum, which is a place in Philly that I grew up and I used to watch the Sixers play there. I used to watch sure. all the And so now I'm performing there with 6,000, like Kinison with 6,000 people. And, you know, they did my newspaper, did a, did my hometown paper, did a big piece on me. My whole family, everybody I grew up with in Philly came so to So that's a show. great show, so, but, but best gig. Uh, those yeah, but well, just like, for different reasons. Right. First off, because 
because it's I, I, you know one of the things I'm glad before the pandemic is I'm glad that I get to travel and see the world like those things like I mean like doing armed forces armed forces entertainment all over went to Afghanistan I did shows for the military over there like with Drew Carey flying into a war zone and right. Alpha Class you know double propeller with an Apache escort you're flying into camp right aside about like mash going, he goes he goes he goes what are you doing here I go we're the, we're the comedians he goes yeah but what are you doing here like you know we must suck so bad they set us up they say, yeah, yeah. but uh, it was so funny he goes, oh, that's Come on. Great. He goes you, you should have been here about this time yesterday they were shelling us I go that must suck he goes not really they're not very good shots come on oh, and these great. choppers are going off but uh, yeah so, best, so those are the best kind of gigs you know sure because they're so unusual so different and, and they're ones you'll remember your entire life now, or as some gig. show in Topeka, Kansas you probably don't yeah, even remember worst gigs uh, uh, hold on we're gonna do worst gigs let's tease them we've got that we just heard the best gigs from Jimmy Schubert the worst gigs are coming up. Stay tuned. Jimmy Schubert. But with that, now we always play best gig, worst gig. We just heard the best gigs last hour. And uh, from Ireland to India to uh, the Spectrum in Philly, some amazing shows. Afghanistan. Afghanistan. Unreal. Uh, but now I need to know the worst, what's the, the absolute bottom worst gig that you ever did that still st- Sticks in the curl. Oh yeah. Well, I was uh, opening Anthony the virus tour in uh, in uh, uh, Camden, New Jersey at the tweet. Opie and Anthony, the, the two tw- uh, radio, their yeah, radio yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, but it was the, they did this thing called the virus. And Virus Tour. And on that show was uh, Rich Voss. I mean, Ralph, it was like a who's who. A cavalcade. Bob Sag was on that show. Ralphie May was alive. Barbara Kelly. Uh, Jim Norton. Bill Burr. That was the famous show where Bill Burr got th- got filmed going off on a, a crowd in Philadelphia. Oh, right. Yeah. I remember that. So, uh, interestingly enough, I mean, that was like I was the second guy out on that tour. And, they, and like I just came out and they, they just started... And about seven minutes in, they started like booing me, and it's like I, I was only supposed to do a couple minutes anyway, but like towards the end they were booing me. I was like, "What the fuck? Oops, that's uh, all right." I, I was like, "What the hell? You can't." And then I was, and before I realized it, I just said, "Hey, thank you, good night." But so they weren't really. I was the first act up, but then they almost booed. Like a Tracy Morgan came up after me because you guys are in, and they started booing him a little bit, and they started booing Bob Saget. I mean, they and they booed Don Marrero. They booed Don Marrero. What, what the? What so? What, what, because what well, it's like it's like anything when you have the first, first of that opening Anthony audience, and I, I don't mean, but you know, it's like these, and it's in Philly. Yeah, and it's in okay. Philly. These like, guys, like, uh, they shelled Santa Claus. It was, yeah, it was yeah. So, so, not exa- a f- so exactly. So it's a, it's a perfect storm of like, you know, it's like, uh, you know, and their fan base is rabid. I mean, you know how people are in the radio. People can be mean on social media. And these people were like just a, it, it was a, that, that it was a mean-spirited comedy. It was that whole, and so they were just. They were ready for it. They were ready well, for it know, to boo before well, it even it's started. Like, you know what it is? It's like well, it's like Woodstock. When a crowd gets this like mentality, like they want to affect the show. In other words, they don't want to be, like they want to see the show and go enjoy the show. They want to affect the show and make the show about them. And it seemed like that's what it was really. So they really kind of like got out of hand, and they were they were tailgating. Who tailgates to go do a comedy show? I mean, I mean, I remember. I mean, it's just one of those and things. And so they have all these great comics, and they just decide to boo them. When you have these great comics, yeah, you can and, be and listening to. And then Bill to. Burr comes out, and then Bill Burr goes on that legendary rant. It's on YouTube. Bill Burr gets booed in Philly. I mean, th- that really kind of launched his like career. And, you know, I've talked to Bill after that. Bill was like, you know, Schubert, he goes, that was like, you know... He goes, everywhere I went, they wanted me to do that to them. So they started billing me. And he goes, I made like a deal with the devil. And it was like, you know, yada, yada, yada. And it was like, but it's it's interesting. Like you can't, 
you, you can't really care what you know. It's like one show, whatever the deal is. But yeah, but I get getting booed by like ten thousand people while your parents are there. It's kind of like a, you know, it's one of those things, and it didn't have to happen. I mean, at any time, Opie and Anthony could have gone and go, "Hey, what are you guys doing? We put together this great show," and so. But they kind of like they they like there were they a lot kind of, of fed on it. Well, there were a lot of people there that really. Uh, like the show, and 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 but they but the, but the people that were booing out over drowned them. Uh, right, so right. It was like, what are we doing? What are we paid here to see a show and you guys are ruining it? So so there was that, and then and then I did this corporate gig one time, and it was for like the, the, this they hired me for this corporate brand. I had to follow this woman who. Uh, she's a one string Korean fiddle. Like she's in. An oh evening, my god. She's in an evening gown. She's in an evening gown. She's got this one thing. And I'm it's something you'd see on PBS. I mean, it was the people were crying. It was beautiful. And they said, hey, who's ready for some comedy? Oh and my I realized God. half the people there spoke Chinese. I mean, they weren't really, like, American-speaking. And I just went up there, and people just stared at me for, like, 20 minutes. And I was like, <laughs> okay, all right. So, yeah, so it was a room full of Chinese uh, that were all crying after listening to somebody, some gal play a fiddle. Yeah, a one-string Korean fiddle. One-string one Korean fiddle. We're getting oh moved by 10,000 people. You make the call. You know, you make the call. What was the worst? All right, so we'll leave that one up to you guys, folks. This is Jimmy Schubert. Dude, it's just so good to have you back in town. Welcome hey, home. Hey, thanks, man. And, and every once in a while, I still get the pictures show up of uh, you and me playing strip poker in an ice uh, yeah. in a, uh, ice cabin. Yeah, it's so funny. The, the, I, we were in, I was in town for the ice sculpture one yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, that was during which uh, was the amazing. March. Yeah. I show up with a tray of ice cubes. I'd like, I'd like, to, I'd like to submit my entry. Uh, you know, it was really very minimalist kind of piece I was working on yeah, called Ice beautiful. Cube Tray. Uh, I, didn't even, I didn't even place. I thought maybe because yeah, you know, I was BS. trying to carpet bag the ice sculpting festival. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was here for my 50th birthday as yes. well. So it's always good to have you back, man. Yeah, always man. good. That's Jimmy Schubert, folks. Well, another great podcast in the books from the Cabin in Crapper Creek. We're going to do it again next week with my guest, the lovely Maria, will be joining us. We're going to ask her, is this cheating? You know, a gray area. Just want to make sure I got things straight. Plus, we get to play yes or BS with a big wig, the one and only Senator Lisa Murkowski coming up from Washington, D.C. to join us in the cabin. We'll find out when to apologize, why we swear a lot, and what we found in our daughter's diary. That's next week on the podcast. We'll see you. You've been listening to Live from Crapper Creek, the podcast with Glenner, produced by Mike Cook. For the full morning show, log on to the live stream at xrock959.com. This has been a Glendertainment production.